I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Songtown on Songwriting podcast, powered by Sweetwater. It's where we get all our gear, and you should check them out if you're in the need for instruments, gear, any of that kind of stuff. Um, but today we want to talk about a topic that Clay and I hear a lot. So we have some programs called the Edge Group. And in the Edge Group, people meet with a publisher once a month. They uh, get an assignment. And we've had a lot of success from these Edge Groups, uh, both people moving up, kind of moving up the ladder into staff writing positions other places or with Songtown, our, our publishing company, or um, having their songs pitched, getting songs cut, that kind of stuff. But one of the things we hear all the time from people in those groups is like, well, the publisher just doesn't get me. So I'm going to drop out. Oh, no. Yes, we hear it way too much. And there's a story that I like to tell people when when they uh, tell me something like that. And that is years ago, I was uh, writing for a guy named Kim Williams. And we had a co-venture with Sony. and, And before my deal was up, Kim decided to sell the catalog. So he sold the catalog to Sony. Sony kind of absorbed me then for the rest of my deal. And I had a song plugger. I was assigned to this song plugger that just didn't like me. He didn't like things I wrote. Seemed like he didn't really like me personally. Uh, But I had to learn how to work with this guy. And, And I was able to, you know, get some song pitches. I was never his favorite, but, you know, I was able to, to kind of manage the situation. Well, Years later, I go on to another publishing deal. That's great. I have a great relationship with a publisher. That catalog, five or six years down the road, gets bought by another company. And who did they bring in to run that company and be my main plugger but the guy from Sony who didn't like me? (laughs) Once again, I'm back in the situation with this publisher who I was struggling to find what he liked really a growth experience for me and it was a situation where I could either have just asked out of that publishing deal and you know hope that I could find another one or I had to figure out how to work with this guy and you know so Clay when when you hear that kind of feedback uh, what's your response to people yeah I think it's um you know Steve Martin once said you got to be so good that you can't be ignored And I think our goal as writers is to get to the point where we're writing songs that are so good that more and more people are going to get what you're doing. And and you're not going to be just dependent. I see so many writers going, I've just got to find that one person that believes in me in the music business and everything will work out. It usually doesn't happen like that. Um, I had a similar situation to you. I was when I was younger, I was being shopped around by my manager as an artist. And there was a guy at a label slash publishing company that one of the people there loved what I did and passed it on to the head of the company. He did not like it at all. He he did not get what I did. Didn't think the songs were good. And, and that was okay. But fast, flat, you know, fast forward 10 years, 15 years later, I end up signing a publishing deal and that publisher loved the songs I wrote. It was the same guy that had passed on me years before. 
Um, he didn't remember me. I didn't say anything to him. <laughs> That's probably but, good. <laughs> um, but my point is, I had come a long way as a writer. I had learned to write songs that people wanted to record. And that, so when somebody goes, oh, the, you know, publishers aren't getting what I'm doing, nine times out of 10, I think you've got to, it's, it's up to you to make them see that you're writing great songs, to, to write the kind of songs that get people excited. Often, I know um, you've had this experience, but often when we have a song recorded by a major artist, it's not just one artist that wants to record the song. It's like all of a sudden there's two or three artists that want that song because that song has some magic to it. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to not desperately hope that one person out there hears my song and records it. And, you know, I become an overnight success. That's not the way it works. We want to get our writing level up to such a high level that, a lot of people are getting what we're doing and there's a buzz going on, you know, about what we're writing. And I, I think if we do that, focus on becoming a better writer, writing better songs, then people are going to start getting you, um, not everyone, but more people will get what you're doing and it's going to lead to success. Yeah. You know, one of the things we tell people sometimes too, is it's your job to write songs that are gettable, not everybody's job to understand your art. And, right. And, you know, and that kind of thing. I, I thought it reminds me of another situation where, you know, there was a guy, Mike Sebastian, that was doing some uh, A&R for Reba McIntyre at one point. So he would listen to songs for Reba. And if he liked them, he'd pass them on. I couldn't get arrested with the guy. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I pitched him all the best things I had ever written. And he passed on every single song. And about five years later, he became that publisher that I left Sony with and had all kinds of success with. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not sure he remembered it was me, but I had grown as a writer. Um, we we came together at the right time, you know, and it and it really worked well together. So we, it really frustrates me. And when I see people saying that kind of thing, I go, oh, I think you're shooting yourself in the foot a little bit because you know, if you bail out on a relationship with a publisher, you've kind of burned that bridge, you know? So if, if you've got a relationship going and you go, well, you know, you just don't get my music, so I'm going to quit. That doesn't uh, bode well for your futures, you know, with that person. And, and you never know when that person is going to come back into your life. Uh, you know, you, you might have, uh, you might be signed to a publishing deal with someone that loves you and they get fired and they bring this person in that didn't get you, you know? So uh, it, it's, I, I think the other thing people overlook a lot of times is that is kind of giving everybody else control. You yeah. know, if it's every, if it's everybody else's fault that my music's not being placed, that doesn't cause me to try to get better because I can just blame all those people. And that's a lot more comfortable. I, I love how, I love that, Marty, that there's so many times I hear people go, well, the music business today, it's if you don't write with the artist, you're not going to get cut. Or if you're not an established writer, you're not going to get heard. You know, it's impossible to break into the music business. Well, first of all, I've been in the music business 25 years and people have always said this. But a couple of years ago, I was at the ASCAP Awards. And 40% of the winners at the ASCAP Awards that night, and they gave away probably 80 awards, 
uh, 40% of those were first time winners. So somebody's breaking into the music business. And yeah. so, you know, I think when you start looking for excuses and you take the power away from yourself. And so you, at some point you have to say, my making it in the music business is on my shoulders and my shoulders alone. And I have to be so good at writing songs that people are going to want to record them. They're going to become successful. It's not, you know, and it's not an overnight process. You got to be willing to, to keep at it. Some people I've seen rise very quickly. And then I've seen other people, um, you know, a, a friend of ours had her first number one song after being a writer in town for like 20 years, just had her first number one yeah. hit song. So, I mean, it, it, everyone takes a different amount of time. Absolutely. You know, and the way, the way Clay and I encourage people to look at it is, you know, when we have these edge groups or other um, things where people get to interact with publishers and develop relationships and that kind of thing, we look at that as we're opening doors for people and you've got to go through that door and create an opportunity. So, you know, some of the people that we open doors for do that brilliantly. They get in there, they figure out how to work with that publisher and they they're really successful. You know, we've had somebody come through our edge group that wrote the number one pop song in the world later. And, and that person absorbed all the information. They learned how to work with people and to give them what they they want. And, and that's how you create opportunity, because the music business operates on making money. And so if if you have a song that people believe will make them money, they don't care who you are, where you're from, where you live, any of those things, how old you are, you know, in any of the excuses we might have. If you've got a hit song, people are going to be interested in it because they can make money. And that's why it's called the music business, you know. So yeah, and I don't think it's purely about money, because I know a lot of A&R people that I mean, the bottom line is money, but you also have to know that a great song that is a different idea that's never been done before that's really fits the format but it's it's a great song at the same time can make money can make a lot of money you know it can be song of the year and be a killer song so when uh, i know a lot of people go oh yeah it's, it's just all about money and the, the songs are crap no, there there are songs out there I hear all the time that I go, damn, I wish I had written that song. That's a great song. Not all of yeah. them are great songs, but that's we wouldn't have great if they were all great. Then it would just be average. You know, yeah. so I look for I try to raise my level of writing up to to that great level and and focus on that. And if you're writing killer songs that fit, you know, the genre that you're writing for then people are going to know, Hey, I can sign this writer and make some money with that. I had a, a writer ask me last night in a class I was teaching, uh, like she said, well, I, I want to write for song of the year every time. And I'm like, well, you're shooting for one slot. I want more than one cut in a year, you know? Yeah. So I'd love to, I'd love to get that song of the year, but I'm also excited about getting other, other songs cut and that kind of thing. And so you, you can't be that, you know, narrow in your thinking, but you're right about the bar. You know, you, you need to raise the bar to those songs that are amazing that you hear on the radio, not accept 
well, this song's on the radio. You know, it's not that great. So I can write like that, you know? Right. Yeah. And, you know, we know from our classes, we'll be teaching where that bar is and how high it is. And somebody will go, yeah, but look at this song. You know, they don't do any of that stuff. It's like, those aren't the songs as songwriters. We're not going to break into the music business doing average. If you've never had a hit before, you can't write an average song and make it into the music business. You've got to write better. You've got to write a great song. And that isn't the great songs don't happen all the time, but that's what you got to shoot for. Yeah. You know, so we, we encourage you to think about putting it on your own shoulders, like Clay mentioned earlier and taking every open door that, that comes your way as a chance to create an opportunity, a create a place to further your career, to build a relationship. And, and, you know, one of the ways you do that is just to be consistent over time. Like if, if a publisher doesn't get what you're doing right now, but they see that you've worked really hard for a year and you're getting better and you're, you're closer to the mark, you're on their radar because they're going, Oh, this person's taking instruction. I like they're making progress, you know? So it's not always about this is a big mistake. I think people make it's, it's not always about that one song that they heard that you thought was great and they didn't get it. Right. There's more to it than that. You know, there's a relationship that you can build. There's growth and progress that you can show if you stay in that relationship. But if you just pull the parachute cord and, and parachute out of the situation because they didn't like those three songs you presented, then you you've lost a chance to make an opportunity with that publisher. Yeah, we got an email from Steve Huff today, a Songtown member, and he's in our Christian Edge group. We have country edge groups. We have pop edge groups with an L.A. publisher. We have Christian um, edge group, and he's in the Christian group. Well, back up two weeks ago, somebody quit the Christian edge group and said, oh, there's no opportunity there. The publisher's not interested in pitching my songs. Well, Steve wrote us today and thanked us. He said that today was the fifth song that he had that the publisher, Mike Murray, that leads the group sent to, he sent his fifth song today to a major Christian artist. And that's the kind of thing Steve has figured out how to consistently write songs now that Mike, the publisher, can take out on the street and pitch to artists. Where the other person goes, well, there's no opportunity here because I haven't had anything happen with my songs. Instead, the writer that quit a couple of weeks ago should have been going, I have this opportunity to play songs for a top publisher every month. And if he likes those songs, he's going to get those songs. And, you know, he hasn't had a song picked up by an artist yet but after five you know he's on the right track and eventually it will happen so it's just two different outlooks and rather than blaming the situation if you're not having success it's it's more a matter of developing that pro mindset where okay i have opportunity here now it's up to me to figure out how to make it work steve has figured out how to make it work when he first joined the group the first year that wasn't happening. He wasn't getting songs forwarded every month. Now he is. So I really think that it's not about finding the opportunity somewhere else 
it, it's usually a, a matter of taking advantage of the opportunity you have in front of you and figuring out how to make that work. And it takes time. Yeah. Well, and, and, and if you do go back to the door reference, I was talking about we, those two writers had the same door open to them. Yeah. Steve has been creating opportunity. So his opportunity is he gets his song played for major artists. The other writer took the attitude of like, well, they just don't get me here. So there must not be opportunity for anyone. Not true. You know, it's just one person's making opportunities happen. The other's not. And, and, Steve, that, and that's where worked, Steve has worked his tail off. Um, I've followed him since he's become a Songtown member. I found him um, on this site, Hookist, where he was contributing lyric lines to songs that we were writing and the, it's a pretty cool site, but I reached out to Steve and I said, you're coming up with some great lines, you know, and, and we started a relationship. He joined Songtown. His songs weren't that commercial when he started, but he kept working at it and kept working at it, kept digging, becoming a better writer. And now he's killing it, you know, yeah. and that that's the difference. You know, if, if I learned early on, if I can take, Every person in the business that doesn't get me, <laughs> what that means is I'm not giving them good enough songs yet. It doesn't mean I'm a horrible writer, you know, that I have no talent. It just means that I'm not yet providing them with what they can use. And the only way to get to that place is to stay in there and, and to, you know, keep the relationship going and yeah. to keep getting better. Any final words of wisdom, Clay? No, man. Just keep on keeping on, as Mr. Natural used to say back in the 60s. <laughs> Absolutely. That was before my time, but I remember seeing the cartoon drawings. There you go. All right. Cheers, everybody. Don't get frustrated if you get that feedback of you know and feel like people are not getting you. Look at ways to create opportunity from the relationships you have and the doors that you have open to you. Take care. We'll see you next time. Right on. We don't have a song for you this week. I just want to encourage you to rate us um, because we really rely on great ratings to get more traffic to the podcast. So that really helps us if you rate us wherever you're listening, especially if you rate us five stars or whatever the highest is and leave a comment about uh, how we've been helpful to you. So we'd appreciate that. In the show notes, we have links to a book Clay's written on melody, one I wrote on lyric writing, and one we wrote together on co-writing. Uh, we've got also links to uh, Sweetwater in there if you're looking for gear, instruments, any of that kind of stuff. So we will see you next Tuesday. Thanks for being here. <laughs>